Hey, welcome to Connection Over Coffee with me, Phil McAuliffe, The Loneliness Guy. Today we're going to have another fantastic chat with Michael DiOrio from Willismo Coaching about connection and casual sex. Say hi, Michael. Hi, everybody. I'm back. This podcast is all about destigmatizing loneliness and promoting authentic connection for gay men globally. It contains content relating to the mental, emotional, and physical well-being of gay men. If that's going to offend you or anyone in earshot, now's the time for you to move on. So with all about all of that said, how about you and Michael go get us a table and I'll go buy us some coffees. Here you go. If this is the first time you've connected over coffee with me and Michael, welcome. I recognize that loneliness uh, is not necessarily a topic that you go searching for on social media or on podcasts. Um, so I recognize that you may have just taken a huge step in engaging with the thoughts and feelings that you might actually be a gay man who's experiencing some loneliness. This is a big step and I want to recognize that and I want to say how proud I am of you. Before we get into our chat with Michael, I do want to say one thing that uh, a like, a comment, a share, if you're getting, if you think that this episode or previous episodes are really doing it for you and speaking to you, a like, comment and share on social media um, or, you know, with your friends or or whatever really helps um, get the message out that uh, we're not alone in our loneliness as gay men. And frankly, it helps appease the social media gods um, and helps um, my work, helps Michael's work reach more people, reach more gay men to know that they're not alone and that there is help available. So like, comment, share, do whatever, you know, the cool kids do now on social media. That really, really, really helps. Only if you get some really good, um, if, if... this or previous episodes have been really helpful for you and if there is something that you think that I can improve on or uh, questions that you'd like to ask please let me know um, so I can weave that into future episodes so Michael welcome back this is the second time um, that you've been on the podcast thank you I love being back it's so nice to be here with you enjoying my coffee yeah, yeah, I think we've you, you, you've just finished the coffee, haven't you? Um, yeah, but I, I still have the mug, and that's the important part. That that <laughs> is that is so, Michael. This is a um, we're going to just jump straight into it because we don't like we we know you, um, and if the listener you know wants to know more about you, they can go back to I think it's episode seven um, uh, where we first had a chat with you talking about your your story a, a little, but. You and I, we work together, uh, and uh, I am super pleased and super happy that we do because we we have a very similar world view uh, and a view on the mental and emotional and physical well-being of gay men. So this conversation obviously is on connection and casual sex. And yes. I imagine that this is going to be a chat that the listener is 
really wanting to get your thoughts on. Um, so I'm just going to jump straight in. Can we have our human need for connection satisfied through casual sex as gay men? Well, I'll give you the short answer that's not going to please anybody. And it is, it depends. <laughs> so, yeah. well, let me, let me ask you this, though. How do you want to define connection? Mm. Well, I think connection uh, for me and my work here at The Loneliness Guy is all about authentic connection where your an authentic connection is where you're seen, heard, and belong. And that, um, as we've discussed over previous episodes, requires us to be vulnerable. And I think that's, that's a key there in terms of connection and casual sex, or connection and sex, full stop, ca- casual or otherwise. Right, okay, so, so the way that I would define casual sex is sex for the sole purpose of getting off and therefore by definition i wouldn't personally engage in casual sex for the intention of connecting but that's me having done the work that i've done Um, i would say maybe 10 years ago that is exactly what i was trying to do i was looking for connection through casual sex and in my experience it didn't work so well right discuss so so yeah so the way yeah the way that i would define the casual sex part is casual sex is you know i see i see you walking down the street we make eyes or i see you at the gym we make eyes we're looking at each other we're kind of taking off each other's clothes with our eyes you you know that look Mm. that gay guys give that admiring gaze and then if the circumstance allows it, find somewhere to make it happen and make it happen. Um, you know, more common, more common ways to do it these days is on Grinder or Scruff or whatever app you're on. Um, you find someone, you see the square, message them, got any pics, top or bottom, what are you into? Where are you? Come over. Yeah, yeah. Here's my address. Yeah, yeah. So is that connection though? Well, I mean, I would say in a, in a way it, it is, I mean, you're, you're connecting somewhat, but I think the way that the kind of connection that we want as, as humans, as whether we're gay or straight or male or female or whatever age we are, I think the kind of, kind of connections we actually yearn for don't necessarily come in that way. They, they can, but my experience was that when I was using casual sex as a means to connect, mm. I was left very disappointed. I would have great sex. The orgasm was fantastic. I'd feel relieved in the moment. Yep. But then after the elation of that orgasm wore off and I was, you know, going home or whatever it was, um, I have felt regret. Not dirty, not, not, not anything like that, but it was more like regret because deep down i mean i wish i knew this at the time looking back deep down i wanted i wanted him to stay i wanted him to ask me to stay i wanted to 
watch some Netflix after. I wanted to cuddle after. Yep. Um, but the nature of what I was going for was there was no cuddling and Netflix after. It was like, okay, I need to get off. You need to get off. You, you fit the match that I'm looking for. Very transactional. And then goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was subconsciously wanting more, yet going about it the wrong way. And I think a lot of people do this. A lot of my clients do this. And, and when we become aware of it, then you can start to actually look for the connections that you want, if that's what you want, in ways that are more useful, shall we say, maybe more effective. Yep. Yeah. I think that's, that's the key. Uh, and and this is something that you said in your um, blog post that you published back in 2019 on your um, your site, and then I republished uh, yesterday uh, on 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 my site. And uh, listener and viewer, there's a link in the episode description uh, to that, which looks at casual sex and the pros and cons of gay sex. I don't want to spoil it. But that point about knowing what you're, uh, what you're doing and why you're doing it um, is absolutely critical. Because if you are looking for, um, you know, uh, like the sex plus the cuddle plus the Netflix after, maybe, maybe not. You're not going to get that. But if you're looking for, you know, just the sex, tick, you're going to get that. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that is, when you read the, uh, the blog post, there's, there's sort of two camps, pros and cons. And I would say the pros is exactly what you said. You know, there's a lot of people out there who, if, you, if you're someone who doesn't require an emotional connection to have sex, if sex can be very transactional for you, then by all means, it could be a very useful and very efficient way to get the deed done and not have uh, a lot of frills around it. So, you know, if you're dating, you have to, is he going to text me back? Is there a second date? All this other, like, rigmarole that goes with it. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to get off. Like, you had a hard day at work. You have stuff to do at night. You have a window of opportunity. Like, let's just get it done. And it's very efficient and... and uh, if that's for you, right? And then that's, that's the thing. If you require an emotional connection, then you're probably going to be left feeling not great after the, after the orgasm wears off. And that's, that's how I can judge it. That's my sort of, that's how I know if I'm in the right place or, or not. After that orgasm wears off, assuming the hookup was fine, how do I feel? And I yeah. check in with myself. And I say, okay, Michael, how do I feel right now? Am I satisfied, happy, like, great, got the deed done, check it off my list, go home, go to bed? Or do I feel lacking in some way? Do I feel a, a regret at all? Do I feel even more lonely? Yeah. Right? Sometimes that happens. I feel even more lonely after the hookup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that is, that's critical, that, so let, that level of self-awareness, that we can look for connection in all not necessarily all the wrong places but in ways that don't serve us and and i think that's actually a key component of the mystery of loneliness 
It's because loneliness feels and presents like so many other things um, rather than the emojis that we see when we type in lonely on a chat app. You know, um, loneliness, you know, how do you, how do you do, how do you define that, you know, the thoughts and feelings of loneliness? It's, it's pretty much only in retrospect that you can go, oh, actually all these behaviors, all these thoughts and feelings that I had, you know, have, can be summarized by saying that they're lonely. If you live in a big city or somewhere where sex is really easy to to get, I think a lot of the times what I've seen, um, and and this was also my experience, is because sex is so easy, it's almost like, oh, well, obviously that's the way that we connect with people, um, kind of forgetting that there are other other ways to do it. And what happens though is, you know, there's a difference between connection and something that's sort of meant to be ephemeral by nature, like a casual hookup. Um, by definition, is supposed to be casual, quick, gets the deed done. And I think what happens is we we get confused with pleasure and happiness, and we get confused with you know pleasure and connection. And connection is in like you and I physically connecting versus that more emotional connection that uh, requires that vulnerability that you were just talking about. And there's a difference there. And I think using casual sex to get one, it could happen. Don't get me wrong. I know, I know people who have met their partners through a, a hookup. Yeah. But is it the most effective way? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, it, it is a way without doubt of, you know, mm-hmm. meeting people. And, and I've had friends who, who have said that, you know, they've, they've made, you know, like met their best friend after they'd had sex. Uh, you know, yeah. after after a hookup, and and I guess you know, it kind of demystifies uh, some of the um, uh, uh, some aspects of 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 you know someone else by yeah. by having sex first. It's like, all right, well, you know, you know, I I know now, I, I know that about you now, um, and uh, you know, it, it's almost. Um, I don't know if you had it in, in Canada, but a few years ago on Australian TV late at night was this show called Dating Naked. Uh, and, yeah, basically, you know, couples are, you know, set up on blind dates and they go on these dates naked. Um, and, you know, the whole whole premise, uh, apart from, you know, just, you know, the, 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 the perv factor uh, was um, that, you know, they're, they're, there's nothing to hide. So actually you get more like more real connection um and yeah 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 so you know it was tv so it's hard to know you know like you know how how things went in the editing and and things like that but um uh yeah i i guess you know it it, it goes some way to to demystifying who someone is um and whether or not there is an avenue for further connection after that right and with a casual hookup i would say you would go into it with the intention of there not being a, a possibility for another one. And I got, a lot of this goes into definitions, right? So I like to think of it as a casual hookup can be something like a, a one-time anonymous situation where you don't even exchange names or words for that matter. Yeah. It could be a quick hookup like a grinder or, you know, a scruff or whatever dating app hookup. But sometimes it could turn into more. So you could hook up with somebody, have a great time and say, hey, you want to do this again? And you know, you could offer, I haven't done this, I've said, I said to somebody like, hey, that was really fun. Like, I'd like to do this again. Do you want to exchange numbers? And they've been like, no. 
I'm out. Like, either they have a boyfriend and they're not supposed to be doing what they're doing, or they're in the closet and, again, not interested. Whatever reasons they have, or they just got what they wanted and they want out. So, I would, I would say in that case, it's not their fault. Like, that is a risk that I kind of took, yeah. saying, "Hey, do you want to do this again?" And they said no. I wouldn't take that rejection personally today. Before I would, before I would take it personally and say, "There's something wrong with me. I'm not good enough." Blah blah blah. He didn't like it. I was terrible. Whatever. But now I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, he, he has the full right to say no because this was never meant to be that in the first place. That's that's something I want to explore. That that whole feeling of, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the questioning your own worthiness because a, a, a stranger, essentially, you know, might not physically be a stranger to you, but someone who's a mental and emotional stranger to you, has said no. Could that um, be a? Uh, ha- how do you think that that feels? Sorry, not feels. Fuels the feelings uh, of shame after a hookup that, you know, some some guys might feel. Oh, totally, yeah. It, it absolutely could fuel that feeling of shame, especially if you haven't done that, that inner work dealing with your own shame and your own triggers. When you know your triggers, that could still happen. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, mm. but you can see it happening like, oh, okay, I'm getting my shame triggers going off. Like, you know, that, that he's that incident is like rubbing salt in the wound, but then you know it's not necessarily anyone's fault. It just is what it is. But I think people who haven't done that work, they take it very personally, any kind of rejection, but including that rejection. Yeah. Um, And certainly absolutely fuels the shame response, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, one of the things uh, about connection that that connection absolutely requires is vulnerability and conceivably yes. conceivably you know that kind of that that question you know this was fun you know do you want to do it again that's a moment of vulnerability because you know you you could be you could be saying that you know moments you know after orgasm um and you know lying there naked um or you know however however it is and you know they're like mm, no and there you are, there you are, yeah. you know, having, you know, it, it, not only you could feel like a, a review on your, on your sexual performance, uh, but also like, you know, like fuel that, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible person, I'm bad at sex, I'm, you know, like, why can't I, why aren't I lovable, all like all the way down that, that, that shame spiral totally yeah yeah i think i think that's common i mean it it still it still can happen um but i think when it's a casual sex situation you shouldn't be surprised um personally there's that there's that saying that i love everybody loves you when they're about to come and uh during the that like, needs to be on in, a in the lead up to, or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. In, in the lead up, it, there's so much emotion, and, you know, like, you can you can totally have that if you want to have a conversation in the throes of an orgasm. But, you know, I've had people be like, oh, say say things when they're about to come. <laughs> and then afterwards, they're like, okay, peace out, bye. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, 
it triggers that like, oh my God, what did I do wrong? Like he, he liked me a minute ago. It's like nothing happened with me. He just had an orgasm. It's, yeah. it's all chemicals in the brain. Yeah. Nothing happened with me. Yeah. Yeah. How is that then? This is something I, I wanted to to talk to you about and you know and and you know, listener, if, if you've got any um, any feedback, you know, send send me an email or um, to to connect at thelonelinessguy.com and and you know I can share it with Michael and we can have a chat with you by by email if you've got questions for us or you could do it the modern way on on social media on Instagram or on Facebook, um, Twitter. I'm not really on Twitter so much, but when it does. Um, I was about to say when it comes to, um, but, you know, <laughs> actually C-O-M-E-S. Uh, um, so when when we get to that, there we go. That's how I can work around that linguistically. When we get to that point about, you know, that, that vulnerability and that need for connection, I want to go to that point in the interaction where you know on grinder at the gym um you know the aisle at the supermarket you know looking at bananas or eggplants you know uh at uh, at the supermarket and and raising an eyebrow to the hot guy who's you know feeling kiwi fruit or something like that um and you know buying way more kiwi fruit than than you know one person needs in their trolley kind of thing um i'm just got this mental image that i'm going with here. but you know when when we we get to that point and then it's that there's there's those um those those thoughts and feelings racing of like the possibility and and you know that that you know this is going to be good you know um i want to just look at that point and about how it feels when we are chosen when when we you know cock an eyebrow uh or um and or you know do the whole you know you know how about it kind of vibe thing and the other person says yes or you know they come to us first and do the you know do it do it to us and and you know you're a bit of all right you know, I've got 15 minutes free, how about you? Um, and how how can that feeling of being chosen feel like acceptance in the greater scheme of things? Do you know, do you get my point? Yeah, I think that what you're describing <clears throat> is an actual acceptance. I think it is external validation that feels like acceptance it's a disguise what what you've just described i guess that attention that if you're talking about the initial the initial attention the gazing the looking i don't know if i would call that acceptance i would call that acknowledgement right and validation like validation from someone else that you exist which is lovely of course we're social we're social creatures we need to have that there's nothing wrong with that per se i think though it's important that our own sense of self-worth and our own sense of worthiness doesn't come solely from that method because that is that'll come just as quick as it goes yeah right yeah so you can you can have that interaction it feels great but then when you put all your eggs in that one basket and you become attached to that external validation 
as as your means of feeling accepted and loved and worthy and connection it's not gonna go well because you're putting all those eggs in a basket that is not your own your own to fill yeah um and i'm not i don't want to say that it's bad of course we all love external validation but it's kind of like we need to turn down that sometimes and and remember that while it's always nice we can't hinge our entire self-concept on it yeah yeah so i think that's really critical in terms of the mind of a lonely gay man Mm. at whatever age at whatever age where that when you're lonely when you are you know thinking the thoughts feeling the feelings of loneliness it can be really um energizing that's not the right word that i want to go with there but it's it's really something to be that's good yeah it's it's really something to be seen and you know acknowledged you know valued for something because the thoughts and feelings of loneliness kind of you know put a foggy haze a lens of fog over your perception of the world and when someone can cut through that and go you know what like you've got a great chest your abs are amazing what an ass like you know i love your legs oh my god your arms are the best like you know you know, I get this all the time on social media. Oh my God, your beard. Um, it's like, thank you. Thank you. I like my beard. That you like it is is good too. Um, right. Right? But, yeah. it, but when, you're, when you're sort of aware of your loneliness or even when you're not aware of your loneliness, that need for like seeking validation because you're not giving it to yourself... You're not connected to yourself, so you look to fill that need for connection, as you say, and it's a brilliant point. You're looking for that validation. You're looking for that um, to come from outside of you. And that can only be done to a certain extent. Yeah, and let me tell you, because I was the guy. I did all of it, and it is exhausting... It never ends because you're constantly trying, you're living your life trying to impress others by in any number of ways. I mean, you, you, there's so many ways that we try to do this. And it stems in like a lot of perfectionism and people pleasing. And you're always looking for that next hit of validation. And it, like I said, it, it doesn't last long. It's not lasting. It's you get the attention. This is how you know you're in it because you get it. Like you get the guy, you get the guy you wanted. And then once it's over, it's gone and you're off to the next one yeah and you know that's that's sort of one of the reasons you know the way as you were talking about it what i thought of was when it comes to loneliness when you're using external validation to feel better about that loneliness whether you know it or not it's like you have a broken arm and the external validation someone like putting a band-aid on your finger so yeah it's gonna feel temporarily better Mm. sure and like oh yeah i feel better but girl, your arm is still broken. Like you're, you're treating the symptom, not the cause. And so you just keep putting all these band-aids on your arm. Meanwhile, no one is actually sitting there going into your arm and like fixing it. Yep. I'm not a doctor, really. <laughs> <laughs> Do not take medical advice from us, listener, but it's a great point. 
And I feel as I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to use that for the promo. That is awesome. Okay. That's awesome right there because um, it's so true. It's so true. The need for validation must come from internally and accepting that you are who you are. This is, this is getting remarkably deep, isn't it? Because, yep. you, know, you, you know, this is a topic that, um, you know, we see in our communities globally. Uh, and it's, it's almost like a, a cornerstone of what it means to be a gay man. Uh, to be a gay man is to have gay sex uh, and, you know, to, to have an attraction, a physical, mental and emotional tr attraction to men, right? So when we do get that through sex, casual or otherwise, like, you know, it's, it's um, part of, you know, who we are. And, you know, it's so prevalent, you know, for, for, you know, obvious reasons that it's so, so prevalent, as I just said. But when we're, you know, throwing, when, when we forget that we are a subject to the human condition, like every other human, and we're, we're throwing, you know, that, that band-aid on it, when we're throwing, you know, um, something that is, uh, um, yeah, not, not treating the cause and not even acknowledging the symptoms. Right. Um, because this acknowledging, acknowledging the broken arm slash acknowledging loneliness is a sign of potentially being a defective human. Mm -hmm. And that goes to that stigma of loneliness that I spoke with, um, on the, the episode, with Matt Lansiedel about the stigma of loneliness is about the being a failed human, the judgment that comes with that, the self-judgment, the external judgment and things. And so when we are keenly aware, I'm getting to a point here, when we are keenly aware of the judgment that we have within ourselves about the, the horrible internal narrative that we have about ourselves, about, you know, the fact that, you know, um, I don't know, speaking personally here, but, you know, I don't like my feet. There's a very good reason that they're at the other end of my body and I don't have to have that much to do with them. Um, and, you know, but you know what? I can't do anything about them. <laughs> like, um, but, you know, I could be obsessed with how I don't like my feet. Um, you know, but my feet serve me. I can run. I can walk. They're very good at what they do in, you know, getting me through life. Um, and, but... If someone comes up and goes, oh my, you know, your feet are amazing. Um, by the way, viewer, listener, I'm not going to be starting to take photos of my feet. Not doing that. Um, and, and sending that around. No, no. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is. If there, is, there are parts about myself, if there are parts about ourselves that we don't like, and then someone comes up and goes, you know, no, it doesn't matter. I think you're great anyway. It's like, oh, right. And the lonely mind can use that as like someone throwing a, um, a, a, a ring off a ship. Like you've fallen overboard, the ship of society is sailing on and someone sees you and throws a life ring off overboard uh, to help save you. And you clutch, you can clutch onto that like nothing else. So if you're getting validation, if you work out and you've got like an amazing body 
and you're on Grinder, and you're um, you're getting those or, or Instagram, and you're getting those the, the validation through all those likes. Um, that could be something that you know uh, uh, is that feel is that an attempt to pun intended to fill that hole, right? Yes. Yes. That mental and emotional hole, mental, <laughs> mental and emotional holes cannot be filled through physical only. Mm. I think the other thing to add to that, and, and for the for the viewer and uh, listener who doesn't know me, can I just plug myself very quickly? Um, I'm a coach, and I coach gay men, and so. 90% of my clients are gay men between the ages, I'm going to say, 20 and 50. Um, so here's what I've noticed, Phil, to that point. The people who are doing a very good job of external validation, like they got all the likes, they got all the fans, they have their so-called the, the pretty boys and they have the body and whatever. The funny thing with them is at the end of the day, they, for all the uh, validation they get deep down, if they don't believe it, it goes in one ear it, and then out the other eventually. Like, it feels good and they sort of grab onto it. But again, like I was saying before, they just need more. It doesn't last. Whereas when you're getting that external validation, but, it's, but, but you believe it yourself, that feeling is still good, but it lasts longer because yeah. you believe it. And this is what I've noticed with my clients. Uh, they're the ones who, who, for all intents and purposes, by society standards, would be considered um, attractive and successful, and they get all the guys and everything. You can give them a thousand compliments, but deep down, that inner shame will not allow them to keep that compliment. Yeah. 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 That completely, completely resonates with me. And And I used to... Personally, I used to believe that that was what society expected me to do. Um, and, you know, growing up Australian, in Australia, that, you know, with the, the omnipresent tall poppy syndrome where you're allowed to be good, but you're not allowed to say that you're good, you're not allowed to talk about yourself, and if someone talks, gives you a compliment the expectation we feel the expectation is that we are just to dismiss it go nah it's nothing nah nah you know anyone could do it blah 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 but you know to do anything else is like a a societal sin it's social not social death but you know we fear someone going oh he's got a big head like you know he's up himself you know he's yeah. got tickets and stuff and so I, that's what I thought was was meant to was was you know I was meant to do, and so any kind of compliment you know about anything that I receive is like ah oh, it's nothing it's nothing. After a little while, you just like you with that seeping into your soul, it ends up like it it actually takes it feels like it takes so much courage and daring and. Um, I guess, balls to accept a compliment and go, yeah, actually, I did do that really well. I'm proud of myself too. Um, because you're not all... Really, when it comes to that point, 
you're not saying I'm proud of myself to big note yourself to someone else. It's like you're saying uh, you're verbalizing to yourself, to that, to the internal critic within you or, or, you know, that internal drive that, yeah, I'm allowed to be proud of myself for doing that. I worked hard, I studied, I exercised and, you know, I ran that marathon um, not because I got out of bed on a Monday, on a Sunday morning and decided, yeah, today's a good day to run a marathon. It's like, no, I trained for, for you know, six months. I'm proud of myself. Yeah, and that, that I'm proud of myself goes a, a long way. Um, I would say further, when you mean it, when you say it and you mean it, it goes a longer way than 10 people saying I'm proud of you. Yeah. Or when they say I'm proud of you and you are already proud of yourself, those 10 I'm proud of you's are just amplified and they stick because it is acknowledgement of something you already know, not trying to fill a hole that you'll never fill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter how many, you know, hookups you have. Right. Um, yeah. This, this is what I, I really wanted to get into in that in, in, in this in this chat and over over coffee with you, me and the listener and the and the viewer on YouTube. It's because it is something it's a topic that we really do we can all resonate with. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it, it, but but when like so much in life and like so much when it comes to, to loneliness and the need for authentic connection, simply scratching a little bit below the surface identifies what can be really driving our thoughts and behaviours there. And you know, I, I think that that need for validation beyond the physical act um, you know, sex is sex, is sex, is sex, is sex. It's allowed to be as well. And as you say, Michael, you know, our approach to it depends. So long as we're aware. And if we are aware that we are using casual sex, you know, as that band-aid on our broken arm, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that broken arm, as you say, uh, is not going to get, I forget exactly how you said it, but, um, you know, that broken arm is not going to get fixed. Like, it's, it's essentially, you know, putting, putting, putting a Band-Aid over the boo-boo um, and, and going, there you go, you know. But look at yeah. you, it's a lovely Band-Aid, you know, on, on, on that hand, but really, you know, your, your arm's bleeding. Right. And it needs, it needs a deeper treatment and that, that would take a longer time to resolve. And one of the ways that you would do that is looking at the cause. Simply ask yourself why. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Why, like, sometimes sometimes it's as easy as I just want to get off and I got to get back to work. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at these days. I got lots of stuff to do. I just need this to happen so I can focus on my work. But for other people, you know, ask, ask why. Why do I want this? Is it because I'm horny? Or is there more going on here? Yeah. And be honest with yourself. Even if you don't tell me or tell someone else, just be honest with yourself in the answer. My story was that when I did the why, there was a lot of loneliness going on. I think I told this story last time uh, for the last podcast, but we mm. did that. Very quickly, I had a, a breakup nice. and I was trying to, uh, I was very upset about the breakup. Uh, my, my ex had broken up with me and i just thought okay well i'm just gonna go and have sex with the rest of the city because i can and i'm hot and i'm young and blah 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 blah. and i did 
And every time it was like one step forward, which is like the Band-Aid. And then in the aftermath, it was two steps back emotionally. Yeah. Because I would kiss him even more. At the end of the day, really deep down, if I asked myself truly, I could have had sex with the hottest people in the city, but all I really wanted was to cuddle at home with my boyfriend and like watch Netflix and eat yeah. popcorn. Yeah. So when I became, when I admitted that to myself, it was very hard to admit that because I was very proud and there's a lot of ego there. Um, but when I admitted that to myself, I had a good cry <laughs> and uh, it became a lot more clear. The, the dots connected. Yeah. Let's just, the dots connected. Yeah. Yeah. I think, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. For me, I know, I know that for me, sex is more than the physical. And so I did write this um, in a blog post um, called uh, "What Kind of Gay Am I?" And uh, and and so when I, um, I I separated my my marriage ended um, uh, my heterosexual relationship uh, ended. I I do recall going, oh, this is exciting, you know. I I don't need to feel guilty or wrong by you know looking at the guy um coming towards me and and you know having that internal dialogue going internal monologue saying um you know oh he's he's hot oh god that's wrong that's 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 wrong you know now i can just like oh you know he's hot and you know uh, you know he can walk by but I knew that I needed to. Um, I knew. I knew me. I knew me, and and I guess I I felt very ready to come out, um, come out officially, um, and so. But I, I remember thinking, how do I meet? How do I know a, a guy is gay? And and I don't know, Michael, if you've ever played The Sims. Uh, or if the listener is uh, and, and viewer is familiar with The Sims, but the person, the, the, the character that you're controlling gets like this rotating green diamond on their head. And, you know, I'm like, just need that. Just need that. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, that would, be, that would be great. That would just be really helpful because I need to meet gay men. And I thought, right... And so, you know, I went on to Grinder, And that was just a phenomenal um, uh, uh, example of the richness of humanity right there on, on Grinder. And, you know, the, you know, Wellington's not huge. New Zealand's not huge either. And um, as fresh meat on grinder got lots of attention and you're just like okay that's that's nice but you know that that validation you know i was um uh basking in that warm glow within me about you know i've just done something brave and i'm being me and i'm proud of me for that the validation was lovely um, you know, it was lovely to feel seen. It was lovely to, you know, to feel, um, you know, welcomed into the community um, through Grinder. Um, but you know, it was it was lovely. 
but I knew I, I knew me after having done a shitload of work within myself over years I knew me that if I was to engage in you know anonymous sex in a random hookup that that would not be me and so I had a rule um, and I, I mentioned this to you Michael in a, in a conversation that we had um, this past weekend is that you know I would not send dick pics um, you know and I think I, I had on on one of my profiles is like I would not send photos that I wouldn't want my mum to see mm-hmm. um, and and you know that there's a whole range of reasons for that like you know the work that I do etc like you know once photos are out there they're out there you've got no control over them and um, yeah so so I'm, I'm very careful with uh, not careful mindful about what pictures I put out there but also the critical thing was this is that you know I will you know we're going to have a we're going to have a coffee we're going to have a drink we're going to have a beer or, or a wine or, or whatever it is before you know I need to have connection with you like you could have a great body but if I don't feel that I can actually have a chat with you if I don't feel that I, I you know don't see you as another human then that's not going to work for me uh, and um, put it out there I put it out there very clearly uh, in chats um, because you know you can put it on your grinder profile all, all you want uh, people you know other guys aren't going to read it some read it other guys don't um, but it was maintaining that alignment as you said in your um, in your fantastic blog post on the pros and cons of casual sex that for me was being in alignment with who I am. Yes, and can I can I add something to this? I yes. think for the viewer and the listener, um, it's very important. I think gay culture again, depending on where you live and how old you are, and sort of what, what your where your attentions are in in the gay culture world, we have a tendency to romanticize this casual sex culture and. For the record, I love it. I'm a complete pro, like uh, not a pro. <laughs> I'm pro. I'm pro casual sex. Right. As a you know, <laughs> as opposed to con, like not a professional. Right. right. Yeah. Um, I I fully support it, and I think it's great as long as you are aligned with your intentions and your expectations. Yeah. So, but I do think that I think a lot of the culture and the media that we see day to day will kind of romanticize this casual sex part of our culture. And it might lead people to think that something is, that they're not doing it right or that something's wrong with them for being or for requiring that emotional connection. But nothing, there's no right or wrong way. Yeah. There's no, I mean, the, the irony about my my blog post is that there's, they're both, there's, there's no right or wrong. Um, it's a matter of what works for you. So I would say a lot of the people that I talk to feel like, oh, part of being gay is we have to just have this casual sex and we have to all be very okay with it. But that's not necessarily the case. And and it's okay if you require an emotional connection. That's that's fine. That's a wonderful, beautiful thing. And nothing is wrong. It does not mean that you're not a good gay man. It does not mean that you still can't enjoy fabulous, wonderful gay sex. Uh, it just means you need to have a, an emotional connection. And that's fine. Yep. Uh, there's so many people out there who have that and and the, the funny thing with gay culture is i find it, at least with the guys that i talk to they're more ashamed to admit 
that they need the or that they prefer the emotional connection and they're willing to pretend that they don't play it cool even though deep down it is their preference that they have that connection and they just kind of go with the flow because that's what everybody else is doing and i'm like if we all just talked about this we'd all be a lot happier with what we do the people who can do the casual sex thing and be transactional will will do it and it'll be fine and then the people who want the emotional connection will go on dates and go for coffee and have a beer or whatever that may be um so i think that's important to know your your story and then to the listener and viewer to recognize that that is very common it is very very common yeah yeah because it's it's such a good point that's such a good point and you know it goes to the very heart of the thoughts and feelings of loneliness when we think that everyone else is doing stuff but because we don't actually talk about it because you know on on topic of um of casual sex or topic of i don't know you know people who like cornflakes for breakfast uh, as opposed to you know someone who wants to eat cocoa pops or something like that i don't know but you know we 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 presume in our own heads and we craft so many stories in our own minds about how we are the only one in the world or you know not necessarily in the world not necessarily you know don't want to be you know that that dramatic but you know in our own circles of people we know that we are the only person who is thinking these thoughts and feelings who you know who happens to prefer i don't know one thing and we think that everyone else is doing another and we just sort of can convince ourselves that we we like doing the other thing because it's like otherwise we we don't you know we won't be accepted we won't fit in and there are so many topics in this that I will be writing on uh, and speaking on, no doubt with you too, Michael, in future episodes about, you know, how it can be a huge act of defiance, how it can be feel like a huge act of defiance to simply, and I say simply, to simply be ourselves. Mm-hmm. And know who we are the good, the bad, the light, the dark, and love who we are. Um, And then put that out into the world, knowing that we're going to agree with some people, we're going to disagree with some people, but, you know, we will attract the type of people who we then need to attract. And that does make me sound like an Instagram philosopher and I don't want to do that, but it is really, it's true. When you put you into the world and whether that you into the world is at work, within your friends, within your family, within um, your communities, online, in the real world, I think the, the... the the distinction between the online and the real world is kind of blurring um, a lot more as as we progress Um, but it's really important that in every situation that you are you but that's the rub working out who you are is the fun slash 
hard slash life's work? I was gonna say fun. I I think now it's fun, but I think for for a lot of people it's not because you know they're like you said you have to acknowledge and and love the good and the bad. Yeah, I don't like those terms, but the 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 light and the dark, shall we say? Yeah, and that could be very hard to acknowledge that within yourself. Like to acknowledge, I'll speak for me personally. To acknowledge my, you know, um, jealousy. You know, there's a big part of me that was very jealous, uh, competitive, and you know, it's there. It's there when I and I see it. I'm like, oh, 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 here comes my here comes my competition, my jealous side. Yeah. Or insecure. That's another one. I mean, you know, definitely a lot of insecurity. Uh, and then learning to still, I mean, love is sometimes love. You can't go from zero to a hundred, but acknowledging it, learning to be okay with it, and then eventually loving yourself for all of for all of it. Yeah. That whole pile of you. Um, but th- that is your life's work. I think that is what we're here for, and that is when we start going on that journey. I think that's when um, magic happens in terms of not to get too woo-woo on everyone, but I think that's <laughs> when uh, that's when things start to happen and people start to show up in your life that you really uh, need mm. to help your evolution and growth, mm. Mm. including you. For me, I have to say. Uh, in 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 wrapping this up, like it it really is. Like I'm I'm just so pleased. Like that's that sounds like a really you know dimi- like a dismissive way of saying it. I'm so pleased. Um, uh, but you know just to have you uh, and you know other great men in my corner. Uh, who, you know, want me to be me, want me to be more me in the world, um, who won't accept the bullshit that I'm telling myself, who who won't let me play small, won't settle for mediocre. That has been, like, one of the, the most beautiful... Um, aspects of my life now which only happened only happened when I accepted that I was lonely that I when I accepted that I needed the kind I needed real connection in my life and of course I didn't have the words for it back then like, I sound eloquent about it now, and I'm like, well, this is what's going on. You know, I had no idea. I had no idea. I didn't even accept the fact for, for ages, such a long time, that I was lonely. It was only when everything else was, was, had been worked through and dismissed that I'm like, fuck, I am lonely. Of course, I don't want to say that it's a, like, you know, it can't, rolls off the tongue easily now. But that's that's years years ago, like you know, getting to five, four, five years ago now. There's been a lot of work on that, but looking back in the review mirror of my life right now, that the type of real, authentic connection that I had, that I need in my life, only came from when I accepted the fact that I was lonely, and am still prone to feeling lonely too. Yeah, I I think that you bring up a very good point about 
not having the language and that i mean there's so much to be said around that because and there will be yeah <laughs> future content <laughs> absolutely because i would never have described myself then as lonely i have a great family loving family lots of friends um yet that's what was happening at the time i was extremely lonely but if if you asked me that if you'd come to me and said oh are you lonely I'm like no absolutely not because in my mind loneliness was akin to solitude yeah and those are not necessarily the same you could be alone in solitude and not feel lonely or you can sometimes um but for me i was like oh no i have all these friends and which is true i have i have had a lot of support but i still feel deeply lonely yeah and i think that's where we get in trouble when it comes to loneliness we we don't recognize it because we think it means physically alone yeah 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 and and i think you know when it comes to something like casual sex that you know almost like uh gonna uh, i've got I'm, I'm stuck on this this you know drowning person life life ring tossing metaphor here but a drowning person drowning people this is going back years ago from when i did surf life not surf life saving but life saving training um drowning people make no noise and uh the other thing is so you know when when you know if someone's still making noise um you know they're they're not they're not close to drowning but drowning people make no noise and the a drowning person uh when they're getting close to i think it's almost a reflex they start climbing a ladder uh in the water uh and tiring themselves out more but trying to climb out of where they are but there's nothing to hold on to obviously um and so not feeling that you have um, the, the the words to express it is akin to me of climbing that ladder and by doing more of something that you that helped get you connection or that validation which kind of feels like connection but it's not um, doing more of that whether that validation comes through casual sex that validation comes through work that validation comes through um, likes on social media or community deeds or, you know, organizing things like within your family or, or whatever, if that validation comes from there and, and you've gotten it in the past and you just go to do more, you're climbing a ladder. You're climbing a ladder and you're not going to get out of your loneliness by doing more of the same. Yeah. You, do, you get out of your loneliness when you stop climbing your ladder and go, huh, I'm stuck. Stop climbing your fake ladder and get a real ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave that whole, you know, drowning thing um, <laughs> alone yeah, from now on. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently I need to go for a swim. Um, I don't know. But... No, I don't think you should now after that. <laughs> In a pool with a shallow bottom, but not dive into it because that's bad. Um, so I'll... Right. Yeah, maybe not. I shouldn't. Um, yeah. So, Michael, refresh our memory again as we wrap this up. Where can we find you beyond, as I post this on social media, I will be tagging the absolute shit out of you. <laughs> Great. I love being tagged. <laughs> okay. 
You can find me on the interweb, yep. as always, www.wellismo.com, W-E-L-L-I-S-M-O.com. Right. Uh, um, that's my site. And then since you're going to tag the tag me, I will, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, and YouTube are the social platforms I'm on. I think I have a Twitter too, but I'm not really active on it. Yeah. Um, Instagram for sure. That's where I, that's where I like to have my, my most fun. Um, I do a lot of my content on Instagram. Uh, I'm located in Toronto, Canada. So if there's any other Canadians out there, specifically Toronto, we can even have an in-person shout out as long as that's allowed. Yeah, <laughs> this environment. Uh, yeah, and that's where that's where people can find me. Thank you so very much once again uh, for joining us. There is like you will be a frequent, as I said at the end of the first episode that you were on. Um, like you will be a a very um, uh, a frequent guest because we just have the best chats, and and I love. Uh, having uh, you having a chat with with the listener and and the viewer over over coffee. A couple of things um, before we finish up, Michael. You've been very generous. You have said that like um, uh, early in this chat that you do coaching work for um, uh, specialising in gay men, um, and you have a, um, a, a an exclusive offer for. Um, the audience of the loneliness guy to access your services and listener slash viewer i'll be putting a link to michael's page on my site where you can then go through um uh, onto his site and engage his services but michael thank you so much for offering that yes thank you and if you are a listener viewer and you want to get a little bit more of this uh, and you've just been introduced to me then yes by all means uh, find me through Phil's site. Let me know you're a friend of Phil, and um, we will get you all set up with a cute little something special. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm on this. I'm on the topic. Well, Casual okay. sex is like one of my favorite topics, so like, we can talk about this all day. It's like you know, a cute little something special. I think I'm little gonna, something special. I'm a little gonna, surprise. Got to quote that. Go get a little cute little something special from Michael over at Willismo. Um, and a, a VIP special. Wow. Wow. Intriguing. There's like layer upon layer of mystery and intrigue on that. And then uh, the other thing, uh, listener, before we wrap this coffee up, I do want to say, you know, I am on um, Facebook uh, and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and YouTube um uh links are on that from my website but generally it's uh at the loneliness guy and uh i do have a site and this is something that that michael and i were talking about it um uh that you know you can't work through we well, can you can try to work through the thoughts and feelings of loneliness uh alone and in the privacy of your own head that's not the point the you missed the point of the thoughts and feelings of loneliness as nature intended them when you do things alone. The whole point of the thoughts and feelings of loneliness is for you to get the type of connection you need to, um, to authentically connect with yourself, with uh, those you love most, and, um, and your communities. 
I have a site uh, on for premium subscribers. So that's paid premium subscribers only to the loneliness guy uh, and have a page on uh, or a group on Facebook um, where you can access for $9.95 Australian a month, which is about $7 US, um, maybe $6.50 US a month now. Um, and that is a place. And Michael is in that group too, where you can come and talk about your experience of loneliness, your thoughts, your feelings of loneliness. Come get support from me, from Michael, from other gay men who are all working through the thoughts and feelings of loneliness themselves and are doing them, putting themselves into the world in a real and authentic way. It's inspiring and I would love to have you here. Uh, so if you want, uh, there's a link uh, in the episode description, the lonely diplom- uh, the lonely diplomat, the lonelinessguy.com forward slash subscribe is how you access that to become a premium subscriber of the loneliness guy. Michael, as always, love and appreciate your work uh, and, uh, and and you and your work. Um, but um, uh, thank you so much. For Thank you. This has been great, and I look forward to the next one already. Yeah, yeah. Well, there will be. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Um, but yeah, thank you for coming and connecting over coffee with the loneliness guy. All sounds that you heard in this episode were recorded at Prefab Eatery on Jesse Street, Wellington. All views expressed in this episode are my own and are intended to support, challenge, and inspire gay men to consider the issue of loneliness and increase awareness of the need for authentic connection with themselves, with others, and their communities as an antidote to loneliness. They are not intended to, nor should they, replace the advice of a licensed helping professional. Please consult the resources page on my website, thelonelinessguide.com, if you feel that you need the services of a licensed helping professional. Thanks for listening.